0: On this edition of Cougar Insiders Podcast, Brandon Gurney and I talk about the NFL, all the BYU players and coaches that are influencing the NFL as we march toward the Super Bowl. Great stories with Kyle Van Noy and Danny Sorensen, Taysom Hill. And we also talk about the drama surrounding BYU basketball and recruiting and the recent coaching change with Ryan Pugh leaving BYU. That and more on this episode of Cougar Insiders Podcast. Welcome to this episode of Cougar Insider's Podcast. I'm Jeff Kalt, beat writer with the Deseret News. I'm joined by Brandon Gurney, also beat writer and uh, recruiting recruiting guru. Extraordinaire, right? Sure. And uh, <laughs> we're without uh, Dick Harmon today. He's, uh, he's playing hooky. He's gone, out of town. Uh, we miss him, but I'm sure he'll be back soon. So we're going to just do this alone, the two of us, uh, Brandon and, and I. And I think uh, the first thing we've got to address is... You know, you watch these NFL playoffs, and everywhere you look, there's BYU guys, former BYU guys. And there's been so much made over the past uh, few years about the lack of guys being drafted in the NFL. And now this year you have a situation where here you have the, the NFC, AFC championships coming up, the Super Bowl coming up, BYU guys everywhere. Brandon, what do you think about uh, how exciting is it to, to turn on the TV and see these former BYU guys making such a big
1: impact? Well, it's great. I, it's a great look for the program. And uh, Kyle Van Noy, to me, is, is is the best success story maybe I've ever covered at BYU. And, and, and thinking about where he was and where he is right now is really extraordinary. And it, it's something that I, I don't think it's a story that can be told enough about. So, so, so I just kind of want to re- relate. Some fans remember, some don't. But I remember... Right before he was about to sign, and he he got busted with a DUI, and and I, I I remember thinking, oh well, that's it, he he's done, I, yeah, it, yeah. Well, it's not going to happen. And I remember texting my source at BYU saying, well, you're not going to sign Kavon no, we are we absolutely are. I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> what's going on there?" And and of course he sat out a year, was able to come back and and wow, just an extraordinary career at BYU. A guy that really grew just seeing his growth what he's been able to become, what he's been able to endure and get over. that—that That is fantastic stuff. So seeing him, and he has his struggles in the NFL. It wasn't a good fit. He gets traded to the Patriots, and it's just new life breathed into him. He's a very important cog in that defense, and him being in the Super Bowl with what he did at BYU, a very successful career at BYU. uh, Man, more Kyle Van Noyes. I I mean, can you think of a better success story at BYU just in recent history than Kyle Van Noyes? Well,
0: as far as what he had to overcome, I mean, I'll tell you, the, the I think the only signing day I missed since, I mean, I don't know how many years back, but I did miss one signing day over the years, and that was the year that Kyle Van Noy signed. And I was on vacation with my family at Disneyland. And I remember... I'm sorry. Yeah, well... No. In that case, I was glad to be at Disneyland because Dick texted me and he told me what was going on because I just kind of thought it would be a kind of a routine signing day. And then this news breaks about Kyle Van Noy and all this stuff. And um, it was a huge story, obviously, because he was one of the gems of that recruiting class. And as time went on, I remember I remember talking to Kyle about how he wanted a certain number. He wasn't going to get that certain number till Bronco gave it to him. He had yeah. to earn it. <laughs> I remember going through all that stuff. And then what he ended up doing in his BYU career. I mean, that Mississippi game comes to mind when he I mean, basically kind of takes over the game. and The bowl game. Sc- and then that bowl game oh, in San Diego State oh, was... I mean, he literally took over the entire second half of that game and willed BYU to a win on a night that BYU's offense could not do anything. So great, great story. Um uh, So happy for Kyle Van knowing what he's been able to do. And then you look over at... uh You know, Taysom Hill's kind of become the talk of the NFL in a lot of ways. Uh, You notice how almost every offensive snap for the Saints, the announcers will say, well, there's Taysom Hill. You know, they'll point out if he's in the game and things. And and then you see him on special teams. You see him pick up a big... Uh, fourth down on a fake punt. You see him throw a touchdown pass, although it got nullified. I mean, it's remarkable what he's been able to do. And Brandon, I, th- I think it's funny how, do you remember how Taysom Hill would bristle when you would ask him about the possibility of playing a different position? Oh yeah. He, he didn't want to think, he's a quarterback oh, yeah. and he didn't want anything, any part of any other position talk about playing running back or tight end or safety or anything like that. And yet now in the NFL, we're seeing him being used in all those different roles and, and really maximizing his athletic ability.
1: To me, it's frustrating to watch Taysom Hill in the NFL, and, and this is the reason why, because you see what Taysom's able to do with an experienced offensive staff, a staff that understands concepts, how to work together and all that. Taysom didn't have that. I, I mean, with all due respect to uh, the offensive staff that he, he he played under, they weren't good. They weren't ready to really do, uh, to, to to just kind of, I, I don't know, exemplify his unique skill set. Which is a skill set we're never going to see again. I mean, he is a fantastic athlete. You're seeing it in the NFL. You're seeing what what he's able to do, and the fact that he wasn't able to do that at BYU, uh, he was misused. He, he was, and and that is a very frustrating thing, in my opinion, because he is so extraordinary and so uh, unique with what what he does. I, I I guess unique, extraordinary, same thing. But 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 to me, it's frustrating. It really is because you're you're never going to see an athlete like that at, at BYU again I, I'm very comfortable in stating that just because he's so extraordinary and, and and the fact of what he could have been and you're looking at what he is now I I think fans have got to be a little frustrated by that
0: well, I, I think you have to say that one of the biggest what-ifs in BYU sports history has to be what if Taysom hadn't gotten hurt that oh, 2014 yeah. season I mean he was just on fire everything he did was right I mean he was running the ball he was throwing the ball with accuracy and that, that injury happened at Utah State and the whole thing fell apart the whole season fell apart there for a while till they kind of brought it back later but who knows what could have happened had him, stayed healthy and been able to do what he's able to do, and then the other uh, the other team, the the Chiefs. I mean, former BYU offensive yeah. lineman Andy Reid. There was a story that came out recently where Andy Reid credits Lavelle Edwards for kind of this new revolution in the NFL with the you know the throwing the ball and all this stuff, and kind of crediting it going back to the roots of Lavelle Edwards and kind of what he did at BYU. And then you got uh, Daniel Sorensen, who's a very solid player for that team, and uh, we've got some Danny Sorensen stories, but. Uh, <laughs>
1: From over the years, yeah, he kind of got a bad attitude with us <laughs> for at least two of the years he said a quote i i I maintain this there he said a quote that that was kind of misconstrued yeah, when, was when he was off his mission, I think it, he just chose to shut down after that yeah. and uh, but, but I think Bronco paid Danny Swanson the best compliment I've ever heard Bronco give a player and i i, I I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but Bronco basically said if I had a team that dedicated themselves and worked as hard as Daniel Sorensen, at every position, I wouldn't lose a game. And, and no. I, I talked to former players, and they say he was just incredible with just his discipline, what he'd eat, how he'd study film. He, he was really kind of the embodiment of what Bronco Mendenhall was as, as a coach, just just a guy that was just his, his effort. Just, to, I mean, talk about maximizing effort and, and ability. I think that's what you have with Danny Sorensen. and I, I, He's a big part of what the Chiefs do.
0: Yeah, he is, no doubt. And let's now turn our attention to BYU basketball, one of your favorite. Favorite topics, and yeah. Brandon.
1: Oh, always um, fun to talk about. They're doing great, right?
0: <laughs> so every week there's a new drama. It seems like uh, we've gone through. This. Oh, we're
1: talking men's basketball, not girls. We can talk women's basketball <laughs> if you want. I'd much rather talk women's. Well, let's go men's. Okay, we'll do Here men's
0: and then women's. But uh, so we had a situation last week with Jasheer Hardnett. Uh, there's a report that he quit the team, was transferring, and then uh, Dave Rose kind of cleared up the situation. Whatever happened behind the scenes, we don't know much of the details. All we do know is that Jasheer is back with the team, although he's not playing because this mysterious hand injury, we haven't seen him play last uh, couple games. I did see him
1: slap five with <laughs> several teammates coming yeah, on the that, bench, yeah. that was kind of weird, but Whatever.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's supposed to uh, have a uh, appointment with a specialist today about the hand, and the doctors. It's all in the doctor's hands though, as far as clearing him. He's going to make the trip this weekend to Pepperdine in San Francisco. Uh, not sure if we'll see him play or not. But uh, how do you think this that whole off court drama has affected this team?
1: No, that's not good. It's just another thing to pile on this BYU basketball team, and they're going to get really they're going to get tested big time that, uh, th- this weekend. I mean, Pepperdine, San Francisco. It doesn't like whoa. That's really tough, but no, it is tough. Pepperdine's improved. They've never played well at Pepperdine. San Francisco's a lot better this year. Mm -hmm. So, wow. If they can just get one of those wins, I'd I'd consider this a successful road trip, just basically where BYU's at. Um, But uh, that's kind of the frustrating thing with BYU basketball is, 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 I I hate to give the Utah example, but Utah was awful at the beginning of the year. But one thing with Kraskowiak teams, you know they're going to get better as the year goes on. I haven't felt that's been the case with BYU football in recent in history i i mean it would be way basketball i'm i did i say football sorry i i don't want to be cast aspersions on the football team but uh, but but with the basketball team hey, do you see marked improvement throughout the year I, I remember seeing them against nevada it's like wow not bad sure they got beat but man they have potential are they really that much better than that team that played against nevada i, I don't know if they are
0: yeah i mean that's a good question i think that uh one thing we do know about this team is that they obviously play much better at home than on the road. And that's not a shock. I mean that's that's pretty typical. But the number of points that BYU is allowed in road games this year is pretty astounding. I mean, giving up one hundred and thirteen to Weber State, they've given up 100, a 92, 95. I mean, that's been pretty commonplace. And as we all know, you can't win games if you don't play defense on the road. I mean, that's something you've got to be able to do. And you know, was, regarding this road trip this weekend, um, the interesting thing is BYU had lost four games in a row at Pepperdine until last year and it took Overtime for them to beat Pepperdine last year, and Pepperdine was not a very good team, and they haven't been very good for several years. But as you mentioned, under Lorenzo Romar, the new coach, uh, this is his second stint at, at Pepperdine. Um, they're a lot, they're a lot better, and they're they're more of an offensive minded team. They score a lot of points, so that doesn't doesn't bode well for BYU in the way they play defense. So that's going to be difficult. And then so you look at San Francisco. It's interesting. BYU, since they joined the West Coast Conference, has never lost at San Francisco. They're perfect at West or the War Memorial Gym. Seven zero. But the problem is for BYU, San Francisco is not the San Francisco of last year or a couple years ago there. They're a very good team. Um, I think Joe Lunardi has had them as an 11th seed in the tournament. I mean, they're that good. They're a tournament-worthy team, and BYU's got to go in there and play this team. And, and they played. They almost knocked off Gonzaga. You look at the score; they end up losing by 13. But uh, it was actually a really close game down to the end. So, big challenge. It's going to be hard for BYU to get a split. If they get a split, that's like you know, that's a huge that's a huge win for BYU. And then talk about the women undefeated. They have a big game against Gonzaga this week.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be a big task. Because- because they haven't played that tough of a schedule at all, but they're seeing expectations. Uh, um, Sarah Hampson I think is going to be a big key for this team. She's coming off, I think it's an ACL injury, and uh, we we know how that goes. She heard it right before the volleyball season, so she's slowly coming back. If she's able to revert back to form, I think that could be a big thing for this team.
0: Is this women's team in Sibley? worthy? It was, uh, can it get in the tournament?
1: Uh, well, uh, ask me after Thursday's okay. game because Gonzaga's really good. But but yeah, come out and support the women's team. They're playing really well.
0: Alright, Brandon, what uh, what have you noticed from the message boards this week? What stands out to you? Uh, you talk about?
1: A, a lot of consternation over the loss of, of, of certain players and, and uh, the most recent being to beat and and the other being a, a Riley Burt, <laughs> our favorite guy, a, a Riley, kind of the most frustrating guy the Fans' minds, at least that that BYU doesn't use more often. But um, so I don't know if that's a huge loss. It is a big loss in the vein that you still need running backs. You always need running backs. So that and and with Tavita Molonga, I mean the guy hasn't played for two years. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of hard to assign a big loss to a guy that just couldn't get things right. I I, I don't know if it was academics, honor code, combination of both. But you kind of wonder what this guy's been doing. I mean, he's just not able to do the things necessary to become eligible at BYU. So I kind of applaud them finally cutting bait with the guy. I mean, if the guy can't do it, go somewhere else, do something else. So it's kind of hard to assign that as being a big loss because we haven't seen him for two years. So um, as far as death, yeah, that's a big thing. And when he did play uh, 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 three years ago, he he, he did uh, quit himself pretty nicely. But, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of overreaction to, to both those. Well, one thing
0: I think a lot of fans are concerned about and, things you have to look at is kind of a red flag is the running back position. I mean, you have Lupini Katoa coming back, but Matt Hadley's gone, uh, Squally Canada's gone, now Riley Burt's gone. Yep. you got Tyler Algier coming back, but um Brandon, what do you think? What's what's going to happen in that position? Are they going to be able to bring someone in that's going to Maybe
1: fill a void. I think they, they've been... Man, they tried. <laughs> they tried I so they hard did. to bring in a, a, a guy mid-year, and it's kind of hard to bring in a junior college guy in the February signing period. I, I mean, I'd imagine it would be, because you'd imagine a lot of these JUCO guys, they're ready to go, and, and they're already snatched up. I mean, there's a late-breaking guy, a guy didn't work out. Maybe there's a graduate transfer out there. They need another guy. They absolutely need another guy, or they need to make some position changes, because it's too thin. It was too thin last year, and you're losing Two bodies off that off of last year's team. I, you don't have a guy, at least that I, I'm aware of, that that you can switch like, like you did Matt Hadley. I, it's it, it, it's absolutely a, a point of concern.
0: Okay, let's move on to the rest of the story and one of the big. Uh, It'll stick with football. One of the, the, uh, I guess, uh, noseworthy events of this week is, offensive line coach Ryan Pugh. He's only, was only at BYU one year and now he's off to be the offensive coordinator and O line coach at Troy, which is close to home for him. He's an Alabama native and Troy's in Alabama. So what a great opportunity for him to be. I now mean, he's only 30 years old and he's already an offensive coordinator. And, uh, so you can't fault him for that. Uh, it's a great career move and, um, he's got a young family. So it's got to mean a lot to him to be close to his own family and things. So uh, you know what? What do you think, Brandon? What what does BYU go from here as far as finding a replacement?
1: Well, good for Pew. I I never thought he'd stay at BYU very long, but man, one year <laughs> seriously, but. Um... Yeah, it's a concern. I, the, the obvious guy to fill is Dallas Reynolds, which doesn't excite a lot of fans, just because you know, you know he's just a guy. He, he doesn't have that 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 the, I, I don't know that sexy name that you're bringing in that, that unknown. But I I like Dallas. I think he's 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 done a good job. And and there's there's some good LDS candidates. It seems like Uperessa is a guy that's always there for any anytime there's an offensive vacancy, we hear his name. But it, it's going to be interesting. I I, I think Grimes. I, just with Pew, he wants a guy that that just has his own philosophy and all that. And, and I like BYU having non LDS coaches. I, I think it's a big thing for this team to have those guys to ha- to have guys where you can recruit the non LDS. Well, we're not supposed to say LDS, non members of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saint athlete um, I think come in and, and and just be comfortable. I think Guilford's done an amazing job I, uh, with the non LDS defensive backs. So I like that he was non LDS, and and we'll see where they go. It's going to be interesting, and it's bad timing because you have Logan Sagapolo, the biggest offensive line prospect in the state, about to announce, and if BYU was maybe a consideration, they just lost their offensive line coach. That that could could give them a reason.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you know, it will be interesting to see where they go with this because uh, I think Jeff Grimes obviously has a lot of contacts and people he's worked with in the past in his various coaching stops. It may be a situation where they bring in somebody that we've never even heard of before. Yeah. But he's got a strong relationship with him. He's worked with him before. He knows things. But, uh, you know, I, I personally, I'd love to see Dallas Reynolds. Yeah, I mean, he's been around the program the last couple of years. Uh, his dad was a tremendous coach. We all know Lance Reynolds Sr. was was a, an amazing coach at BYU, great with people. And I think Dallas is kind of that personality. So we'll see what happens, but uh, it would be fun to see Dallas uh, get that job. What's the what's the latest on recruiting, Brandon? Uh,
1: the, not a lot. I I kind of touched on, on the issues. P- Puka Nakua has a, an official visit schedule for BYU, which excites a lot of fans, right? But I I still I it, it's all going to be on Zach Wilson. If he signs with BYU, it's going to be, I don't want to say all Zach Wilson, but that's going to be a big impact. Uh, I, just having that, that quarterback that ended the year like he did, I, I mean, absolutely perfect in the bowl game. Um, maybe he can swing him. I, I think it's a Hail Mary. I don't, I don't think it's likely, but but it's still on the table. I mean, when you get a guy on campus, you have some type of chance. You always have some type of chance. So so we'll see what develops there. Um, and then Logan Sagopolo, which I think uh a pu leaving might damage their chances considerably. If they did have a chance at all.
0: Before we go into the final word, do want to mention our sponsor, the Salt Lake Stallions? Uh, you can get season tickets uh, calling eight three three A A F twenty nineteen, or go to the website Stallions dot com. It's uh, February football starts next month. Former BYU guys on that team, uh, former Utah guys, they'll play up at Rice Eccles Stadium. It uh, Should be a lot of fun. And for my final word, Brandon, um, can I can I just can I just complain a little bit? Sure.
1: Okay. Oh, I, I, I
0: mean, yeah. I know this is just between us, so. <laughs> Um, you know, the five out of the next six BYU basketball games. Do you know what time they start? Nine o'clock. How'd you guess? Nine o'clock.
1: <laughs> I've I've heard you <laughs> complaining about this before. <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, it's fun covering college basketball. When they tip off at 9 o'clock, it's difficult. And I know it's It's difficult difficult for the fans. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then uh, for those of us that cover the game, I mean, to have to file a story as soon as the game ends, and it gets a little chaotic and things. Um, I will say that from the, you know, from exposure standpoint, it's good. A lot of these games are on ESPN and things like that. But, uh, boy, it's tough. And I'm getting too old to stay up this late for these (laughs) games. You're a lot younger, Brandon, so you probably don't have as much trouble. Not
1: a lot younger, but... (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm I'm really youthful and spry, but what's your final word? My, my final word, jeez, I, I, I I'm excited for football. I, I I think BYU's got a lot of stuff going. You usually spring football. I'm kind of thinking about it's like oh already wow. I I think it's going to be really interesting and fun this year. I I think entering it with with a quarterback like Zach Wilson's going to be intriguing, and and BYU always starts pretty early, so so it's probably only well March fourth. When yeah, we start. Yeah, March fourth. Yeah, this week's away. And I think football is definitely at the forefront again. If it ever was not, I think there's a lot of optimism. A lot, a lot of things to be excited for. So yeah, I had to stretch because I did not want to talk about basketball, <laughs> anything basketball related, for my final word. And, and men's volleyball, they're fun again. They're always fun, right? But got a good young team. I, I don't have to tell fans to come out and support them because they do <laughs> every every weekend. But but yeah, they they should be able to do some fun things this year.
0: Well this well this men's volleyball team be able to uh, compete for national championship?
1: I don't believe so. I think Long Beach is so stacked that it's going to be really hard. Really?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Gabby Fernandez is is one of the most exciting players I've seen at BYU. I don't think I've ever seen a player hit the ball harder than he does. And they have a, 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 a freshman in, in Davide Gard, Gardini. I mean, they just get these international guys with tons of experience. He's already starting at outside hitter, and he looks like he's been playing for three years at BYU. So, so their talent, talent is never an issue with the BYU men's volleyball team. It's just kind the nuts and bolts having that, the passing, the the receiving, the, all the stuff that people don't look at. That's going to be the, the things that ultimately determines what BYU Volleyball is going to be able to do this year. Thanks for
0: listening to this episode of Cougar Insiders Podcast. You can go to CougarInsiders at DeseretNews.com if you'd like to give us some feedback. Please subscribe wherever you get this podcast. And please make sure to read all of our stories at DeseretNews.com.